Lakers Nation, Ethos Lakers family, what is up? Welcome back and welcome in to a very, very special episode because of the return of the Mac, aka Ethan, on the Ethos Lakers podcast. What a time to be alive as a Lakers fan, and that's really all I've got to say anymore. I feel like we have exhausted the narrative of what it's like to watch this team. And every time we think we just can't say enough, because we've said it all, they just find new ways to keep giving. And as I sit here after so much activity in Lakerland, finally returning to the track, finally able to collect my, thought, my thoughts, and finally able to be able to articulate what is so deserved to all of you, which is this. This Lakers team is just not that, not that enjoyable to watch. But nights like tonight, because I'm filming this, taping this for Laker Nation, the Ethos Lakers family, on a Saturday evening. Yes, while y'all are out, hanging with family, friends, drinking carefully and responsibly, enjoying the company of one another, I am here making content for you. And really, that's what I enjoy doing. So it's a win-win. And I sit here and I just think about so many things going on in Lakerland. But this win over the Knicks, this win over the Knicks, to say that this win was a must-win game, to say that this was a must-win game would be the, probably the understatement of the season. If the Lakers had lost this game, they would have been four games under 500. as is every game going forward is a must-win game, especially when LeBron James returns to the court. Now, look, am I concerned about LeBron James's knee? Yeah, a little bit. You know, he is the oldest he's ever been in his career. And sore left knee doesn't usually heal by playing big minutes. And that's exactly what LeBron did in his first game back. Just casually going for a triple-double, 29, 13, and 10. I mean, the guy is just, it's, it's unbelievable what he's capable of doing. And given what the Lakers have looked like without LeBron both this season and since he's been a member of this team, this very real conversation about life without LeBron, even with Anthony Davis... It's still a very major question mark. The Lakers without LeBron James resemble in a lot of ways what the Pelicans were built to be around Anthony Davis and a team that he grew frustrated of. Now, obviously, it's not exactly a linear comparison. But the point remains that while LeBron James may not have the biggest numbers on the court on any given night, and even though he had a triple-double in this game, you could even argue that Anthony Davis had a quote-unquote larger impact in this one. But regardless, it is clear. This Lakers team will only go as far as LeBron James allows it to. He is still very much the top dog on this team. But with that said, it has been very impressive since Anthony Davis return to action with the exception of his first game against Brooklyn. He has been absolutely phenomenal. It has been the best version of Anthony Davis that we've seen all season. And it has been the Anthony Davis this Lakers team has sorely needed for a long time. And so it is absolutely beautiful to see him dominating the glass three straight games. Now for Anthony Davis with more than 15 rebounds and almost three straight of 30 points scored 28 in the overtime win against New York. 
but the guy's got 88 points over his last three games, basically averaging 30 points a game, averaging 16 rebounds a game, better than 16 rebounds a game, a menace on the, with blocks, averaging three a game. I mean, he's, he has been phenomenal since he's come back, and this is the version of Anthony Davis that the Lakers sorely need. Because in overtime tonight, it was Talon Horton Tucker playing ahead of Russell Westbrook. And that is not a compliment to Talon Horton Tucker. Talon Horton Tucker has been bad. Russell Westbrook was terrible in this game. Invisible. And to his credit, he's been a lot more efficient coming into this last game or two. But it is clear that he is still completely unclear as to his role on this team. And hell, the way the Lakers started this game, the way they started this entire first half, but in particular the first quarter, you would have thought that LeBron James's return meant absolutely nothing to this group because there was absolutely no energy on the court. Nobody was doing anything. It was, it was nothing short of incredible. For the Lakers to actually win this game, it's one of their, their better wins of the season given what it entailed. But that's neither here nor there at this point. We're not going to focus on the nitty-gritty, okay? What we are going to focus on is the scope of this team. And where would it be without Malik Monk? My goodness. Where would this team be without Malik Monk? Coming into tonight, Malik Monk, as a starter, was averaging 17.5 points with 3.5 threes almost, shooting 44% from the three-point line. I mean, the guy has been... I don't want to use the word invaluable to oversell it, but the guy has been basically invaluable as a member of the starting five from the offensive perspective. Over the last two games, Malik Monk has 50 points. He's averaging 25 points a game. That level of offense is what this Lakers team sorely needs in addition to LeBron and Anthony Davis. The questions around Westbrook are not going to stop anytime soon. Okay. And the questions around Westbrook. Now, I sat here when we last talked. And I remember, I remember it vividly because I remember Carl. Yes, Carl. Come on, I made it almost seven minutes without mentioning Carl. You know he had to come up. And Carl said, what, what's the deal with Westbrook? And I said, I think if I had the answer to that, the Lakers would be willing to pay me a portion of his salary. And the reality is, is that we all knew it was going to be an ill fit. We all knew it was going to be a questionable fit. It's a better way to say that, okay? Questionable fit. And for me, it's, it's, it's an extension of what I said last time. Sometimes you just make a decision and it doesn't work. And it's not that it's anyone's fault. But at this point... I don't have any sort of direction or idea as to what the Lakers could potentially do. Because at the end of the day, Westbrook's numbers in terms of his averages per game, the percentages are right in line with who he was last season. Now, the numbers are down a little bit, obviously, because he's playing alongside LeBron James. He's playing alongside Anthony Davis. And to his credit... 
He's the only Laker who has played in every game this season. Durability is an ability. But I can't have you averaging 7.7 assists and 4.1 turnovers prior to this game tonight. I can't have your starting assist point guard being worse than 2 to 1 assist to ratio, assist to turnover ratio. This is, that, that's not going to work. I don't need Russell Westbrook taking 16 shots a game. I have no idea why Russell Westbrook ever takes a jump shot, ever. He is so good at getting to the rim and disrupting things and getting in the paint. I don't understand why it's not a bigger emphasis. I don't understand why somebody can't pull him to the side and say, Russ, get your ass in the paint. And I want these guys to like almost yell at each other on the court at this point. Not in an angry way, but in a, come on, get your head in this shit. Speaking of a guy who who will do something like that, Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza went from, oh, just wait till Trevor Ariza is back for this Lakers team, which was always grossly oversold, to not even playing, to now playing 35 minutes and basically being integral in the Lakers' success, especially in his defense of Julius Randle. He sat on his left hand. And it's just amazing to me that on a team with all of this top-heavy talent, that it's the supporting cast that's so integral and, and really the lack of supporting cast that's so apparent. And that's, that's one of the most frustrating things. Listeners, please take a moment to follow Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball fantasy news feed on earth get all your nba news in one handy twitter feed it's faster than the competition and provides more analysis too again that's at ethos fantasy bk on twitter follow now this supporting cast this supporting cast that rob palinka put together let's talk about it because i'm still not over it i just think there are such wasted spots on this team It is absolutely so frustrating to see DeAndre Jordan sit there night after night after night after night after night after night to not play, knowing that roster spot should be going to somebody else. Granted, three minutes technically is playing, but when Dwight Howard doesn't dress, what do you expect? Kendrick Nunn, I don't think we're ever going to see in a Lakers uniform. I just, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with JC at this point. Like, I just, I don't see it. It's, it's so absurd. It's so absurd. It's from the theater of the absurd, and everybody should be wearing a court jester hat. And here's the thing. They're not paying him a lot of money. So if he's unable to play, if he is physically unfit to play, then the Lakers need to seriously look at what they could potentially move out or move into on the trade market. Using that contract, even if it's something minor around the edges, use it for something because this roster needs all the help it could potentially get. Okay. I, I said a while ago with this team, it's like they, they play so entitled. They play like a team that just won a championship together last season. And just for whatever reason, they're in a funk. 
Like, this team hasn't won a damn thing. And it's just mystifying to me how they could potentially have this, this attitude. I mean, the Lakers are closer to the last place 15 and 37 Rockets than they are the first place 42 and 10, 42 and 10 Suns. This is, this is the reality. Teams that have better records than the Lakers include the Clippers with no Paul George or Kawhi, the T-Wolves, the, the Denver Nuggets, no Jamal Murray, Dallas, who everybody says is like the, the worst good team, Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Memphis is just smashing on people this year. John Morant, MVP. Sorry. I don't, I don't even want to hear it. Like, I know all the numbers say Jokic. I get it. But Grind City and John Morant for MVP. I mean, it's ridiculous how good he's been. I got a bet with my principal this year. $200 meal that the Bulls would be better than 500 Pretty sure we're going to a steakhouse for that one. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate you. The lack of supporting talent on this Fakakta Lakers team. It's a reflection of Rob Palenka. And I want to talk about him for a little bit. Because I think a lot of Lakers fans, including myself at times, if I'm being my most honest, have given him basically a pass. Because he was the one who facilitated and oversaw the Anthony Davis deal. But to be fair, that deal was there for the taking for anyone who assumed that role. Okay. And two is he he has made some things seemingly happen out of thin air. Okay. But I think if Rob Palenka wasn't formerly Kobe Bryant's agent, I think the Lakers fans would look at him a little bit differently. Because... This offseason should show everybody that this just adding veterans around the edges, it's not going to work for this team. They're going to need a little bit more than that. And it's not that, that he's incapable of doing it, but it just felt like this team was in more than ju- in, in more need than just a, a, a tweak here in terms of rotation players. Especially because adding Westbrook thins you out from a depth perspective and you lost Caruso. Now, I still think investing in THT was the right move over Caruso because of THT's age primarily and, you know, his wingspan, his length, certain things that Caruso doesn't have. But man, THT doesn't have half, half the heart Caruso has. But again, he's a young kid. Takes time. If it comes, no guarantees. As the Lakers move forward, every game is important. I think this starting lineup has to continue including Malik Monk. 
It wouldn't surprise me if Trevor Ariza and Stanley Johnson switched places. Stanley Johnson deserved to be signed by the Lakers. He absolutely unequivocally earned his contract with this team for at least the remainder of the season, if not next year. And that's exactly the contract that he signed. And it's not that he's been bad since he signed for the rest of the year, but he has not been the level of impact that he was initially with this group. And this isn't to lay any blame at the feet of Stanley Johnson. Like if we're talking about Stanley Johnson deserving blame on a team with LeBron and AD and Russell Westbrook and all these guys, like that's that's a poor argument, right? But because of how this team is constructed, he plays a really important role. And because of his youth and his athleticism and defensive talent. I mean, remember, Stanley Johnson was born in 1996 for crying out loud. Right? You know what's crazy? A kid born in 2001 is 21 years old, or could be 21 years old. That's just, it's absurd. I'm officially at that point in my life. That's, that's, it really is weird to think about. You know, not to go down mortality lane here, but once in a while I like to go on a tangent that's about things just beyond the Lakers and. You know, since I've last spoken to you guys last week was my birthday, my 33rd birthday. And as a high school administrator and just someone who's generally very hyper aware of things. It is so fascinating how as I continue to grow and mature and get a little bit older that I understand something that my dad said to me so long ago with such clarity. I'll never forget because it was during his 60th birthday and it was a pseudo surprise birthday and we had these all these great cupcakes with Mets decals on them, edible frosting. It was really sweet. We had such a great time. And my dad's 70 now, so okay, so this is 10 years ago. I remember asking him, I said, you know, dad, how do you feel? And he's like, what do you mean? And I said, you know, 60, what does it, what does that feel like? He's like, well... Like, Ethan, look, I, uh, I recognize that I look a little bit different in the mirror. It's like, but in terms of how I feel inside, it's like I've, I'm myself, right? I'm, I'm the same person I've always been. And as I now go through a comparable process, not in terms of turning 60, obviously, but just understanding what that means on a deeper level, because you are who you are. And it's just amazing to me that we can have that mentality at any point in life. And as you become an adult, what you realize, or at least what I hope most people realize, is that those who came before them, not only are they still learning and growing up themselves, so not everything that they say is going to be 100% accurate, but also that we're just, we're only speaking from experience. And there's so many amazing ways about how cognitive thoughts are formed in the brain and brain development and teenagers and how there's so many standoffish moments as a result. But man, when I have the opportunity to, con- to communicate to, with kids, with teenagers in particular, 
and I'm and I'm able to connect with them and we understand there's a clear communication in terms of the why behind the what they're really capable of understanding so much more. And the same thing is true of like little kids, middle school kids, really of any age. If you break it down in such a context to make the information relatable to them and they understand the why behind the what, even at a very young age, they can understand not very complex concepts, but things that are greater than their grade level, shall we say. So I just think the ability to communicate is such a fascinating thing. And that's one of the things I love about connecting with this podcast and with those who choose to listen to it is this tangible feeling of being able to articulate what's in my brain outward to a group of people who choose to consume it. And I appreciate having that space and platform because it's therapeutic for myself, but also I hope enjoyable for others. And may we all enjoy the work that we do as something we really enjoy doing. And that's sort of my my little speech for this particular show. So, hey, guys, we have this brand new fantasy partner at Sports Ethos, Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use the code ethos when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks, plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night, score points when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. It really is that easy. Check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on your winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. Got to pay the bills on the Ethos Lakers podcast, of course. So we got to make sure we talk about everything. I'm curious what Russ's role is going to be going forward, man. Obviously, he's not going to come off the bench, right? I think we can all agree that's probably not going to happen. I say probably not because there's been weirder shit that's happened. There's no question. But I really don't foresee that happening. Trade deadline is upcoming. And while the winds are certainly swirling around the league, it doesn't really seem like there's anything in particular going down with the Lakers. I know people want to keep kicking around Miles Turner to the Lakers, Jeremy Grant to the Lakers. Like, I just... I'm sorry. It's it's this it's this like idea that Marshawn Brooks, Chris Humphreys, and a pick is worth something. And if you're a real NBA head, you can appreciate that reference. I know Carl will. Shout out to you, Carl. Second reference on the episode. At least two every time. I'm trying to set a new metric for myself. I know you'll text me early in the morning. Well, maybe early Monday morning. I look forward to your thoughts. And guys, that goes for all of you guys who listen to podcasts. Please, I always love your feedback. I love interacting with you guys. It's so interesting to me that we can create discourse over something that's such a shared item. And it doesn't matter where you're from, what you're into, but just there's this shared bond in sports that trumps almost anything else when you can root for the same team and just high five a completely random person and go absolutely nuts next to a stranger. There is no context in life in which you can do these things and it be even the slightest bit socially acceptable, let alone really like something most people would engage in. So the ability to do this is just such a piece of me that I am so grateful to share with all of you. And, you know, I hope that as the Lakers, they now have a few days to regroup and really decide what it's going to be going forward. 
This isn't some team that's going to figure it out. This is who they are. They've played two-thirds of their games, and they're under 500. The All-Star break is coming up. They have to be able to get their heads out of their collective asses. It's just that simple. It really is. The Lakers have a lot of rest built into this month. They need to be able to take advantage of it. Because down the stretch, the schedule ain't easy. It is going to take work for them to finish in the playoff picture. Which is really an absurd thing to say. And in the event the Lakers fell out of the playoff picture, it would probably be the most disappointing Lakers team in my lifetime that I can remember watching. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to couch it with that. I think it would be the most disappointing Lakers team I could ever remember watching in my lifetime, including the failed super team with Dwight Howard. That's how bad it's been. But tonight we get good news. Because after a game in which the Lakers should have won, like we've said so many times this year, the Lakers actually are able to close it out. And if the Lakers are able to start closing out games, huge if, but if they're able to start closing out games, it will make literally all of the difference in the world for this group to be able to go forward. I look forward to connecting with you guys. Hopefully the Lakers can keep it going through and we can continue to celebrate good things only as it relates to the Lakers going forward, reestablishing themselves in the playoff picture and finally becoming a team that we enjoy watching once again. But until next time, I'm out.